Blog Talk Radio. Warning. You have entered the realm of the gods. So give us your mind and your full attention. So you say you deal with esoteric information? I never heard of such. Well, you're in for a treat. Uh, outside and outdoors, 
how to use the cosmic forces to your advantage, uh, dealing with uh, meditation rituals, uh, dealing with certain herbal medications, uh, dealing with certain martial art uh, 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 rituals, uh, like such as Tai Chi, Tai Chi Gong, Qi Gong, and uh, also, uh, uh, I mean, many things, you know, down there that you really would be interested in uh, uh, for as uh, uh, building up your uh, uh, economic base system for you and your family and for the, for your own future families to come. Also, you have uh, a thing to learn about law and court and court procedures, how to deal with mortgages and, uh, I mean, dealing with child support issues, uh, dealing with, um, uh, I mean, just be a worthwhile getting down there if you can. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. But uh, today is Wednesday, and it's, uh, it starts at Friday, so you still have t- time to get down there if you're interested and able to get there. So uh, if you can, you know, come on down. I'm sure that you enjoy everything that you will learn down there, and you will not leave down there disappointed. Okay? All right. Okay. Well, like I said, the topic tonight is going to be about uh, the more or the more the Americans or the more and an American, though both are one and the same, you know. Uh, let me read this from uh, the book called The Children of Mu. I'm going to read this specific chapter, chapter 4. And it comes from, oh, let me see here. No, I believe it's chapter 3. I'm sorry. Just hold on for a minute. (coughs) It's chapter 3. It says, Ancient North America. When the motherland started out to... Uh, when the, when the motherland, motherland started out to people, the earth, North America, and Eastern Asia were the two lands where she planned her first colonies, so that here in our own home we may look for the earliest records of man, not in Europe, Egypt, or Babylonia. They were the tail enders, believe it or not, going to these countries to find them. The early records of man is like a shepherd going everywhere to find a lost lamb while he is carrying it under his arm all the time. And and the reason why, start right here, the reason why they're saying it is because everybody, they got everybody under the mind control to look at Africa. You know, I mean, I, uh, well, the earliest uh, human fossil was found in Africa. So uh, I still have to say, until they find something that was earlier and to predate that over this this way, 
I still have to say that uh, Africa still is the birthplace. Now, this is my opinion. This is my take on that, okay? Okay, let me move along here. Let us commence by mentally carrying ourselves back to the times when the first foot of man trod American soil and reconstruct a probable scene. We assume, basing our assumption on modern history, that Mu expanded while her civilization was in its early stages. We therefore picture to ourselves an ancient craft leaving the shores of Mu. Mu, as I said before, uh, Mu uh, is the uh, word of the term the word Mu derived from. Okay, Mu means the motherland. Manned by a crew of star of stalwart young adventurers with milk white skins, blue eyes, and light flaxen hair, when their craft was was fairly launched upon the eastern sea, they pointed its prow towards the rising sun. A hundred thousand years or more after man first appeared on Mu, found him so increased or in numbers that the area of available land of the mother, motherland became insufficient to sustain the ever-growing population. So these young men had started out to find other lands if they existed anywhere on this globe. Now let me get to the uh, to the way the people looked. It says here, uh, the adventures of the, 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 the young adventurers were might well no, the young adventurers were milk white skins, blue eyes, and light flaxen hair. Okay, they, they are talking about the adventurers. They're trying to seek and find out certain historical artifacts and things like that. That's what they're talking about. Although a lot of our people. Asiatic people, if you go to the Solomon Islands, uh, places like uh, Guadalcanal, I don't know if you heard of these places or not, uh, uh, even New Guinea or, or, or up in the Solomon Islands, you find a lot of our Asiatic people have blonde hair and blue eyes. Blonde hair, the blonde, uh, the blonde hair and the blue eyes did not originated with Europeans. So I want to put that out there, in case a lot of you didn't know. Okay. Okay. Let's move along. They were called Quetzals in the in the motherland, or on account of their making the venomous serpent, uh, Quetzalcoatl. The symbol for the Creator and creation. At the end of a moon's journey, as the rays of the, of, of the morning sun were lighting up the horizon ahead, the crew saw ahead of their craft a long line of surf breaking on a low, sandy shore, with a low, rolling country beyond. On nearing the surf, they turned the prow of their craft and skirted the shore line until they came to a stretch of less turbulent water. This they crossed and found themselves at the mouth of, of a river. They proceeded inland until they came to a suitable landing place where they drew their boat up on the bank and made camp. From their camp they explored the surrounding country, finding it unoccupied by man and eminent adapted for a settlement. They then turned to the motherland with the, uh, to the motherland with the good news. The country which they discovered was America as we call it today. And the particular spot in North America where they landed was Mexico, as we know it today. This was more than 
50,000 years ago, and it might have been tens of thousands of years before that, which it was. After the arrival, home of the explorers, expeditions were formed, and the regular colonization of this new land set in. Soon it became a large and thriving colony. Other tribes settled to the north, while the original colony spread to the south, eventually settling in Yucatan and Central America, what is now Guatemala, is where they built their capital city and elected a king, the Valley of Mexico. There is no spot on earth that has a greater attraction and fascination for the lovers of the ancient than in the Valley of Mexico. A series of tragedies has followed man in this valley starting from the very beginning of his appearance in America. Take the first settlers. After many years of successful development, extension, and expansion, and after building great cities and imposing temples, a huge cataclysmic world from the ocean rolled in over the land, leveling the cities and temples and blotting out all human life. When the waters finally subsided, they left behind a stratum of boulders, gravel, and sand, which blanketed the whole country, burying the remains of the cities and temples. The remains of this, their first great city, lie 29 miles north of Mexico. Four known settlements followed the original in, in the Valley of Mexico, and each was wiped out by catalytic waves. The least one left behind the indestructible writings on stone. 2,600 of their tablets have been found by Niven. They are not of the settlement previously mentioned. Some of these will be shown in my next chapter with their decipherings. A short account of how this civilization was wiped out gives one of the most interesting and one of the most valuable little geological tales ever told. A gas chamber, which had been underlying the Valley of Mexico, blew out. The roof collapsed and the crashed and, and crashed to the floor of the chamber, carrying with it all life thereon. The waters from the ocean rolled in and filled up the abyss caused by the land sinking. This submerged the valley of Mexico. The submersion was accompanied by terrific volcanic workings. Earthquakes followed one another in quick succession. The land opened and volcanoes burst forth, vomiting fire, smoke, and rivers of lava, which... which spread out over the country, carrying death and destruction in their wake. Some of these ancient craters with their lava flows still remain. A noted one is called Zikli. Its lava flows extends about 25 miles and ends in the very edge of Mexico City. The flow is about 25 feet deep, showing the enormous ejection. I have not sufficient data to give the date of this submersion. An Egyptian temple record refers to a submersion of land in Central America about 16,000 years ago. This may be one of one referred to, or it may not. An Aztec tradition sent to me by Niven a short time since since supports the temple record. The legend runs. The legend runs as follows. At the, temp, at the time of the conquest of Mexico by Cortes, A.D. 1521, he was told by an Aztec priest that long ago a great flood of water covered the valley of Mexico and drowned all humanity. 
So great was the flood that it drowned out the sun and left the world in darkness. By and by the gods created a new sun, and this new sun ruled a new age in the history of the world. This is a typical Aztec production, but lacks the un lacks the usual amount of Aztec frills, ribbons, and inventions. It comes out of the two separate and distinct legends, one of the submergence of the Valley of Mexico, the other the destruction and submergence of Mu, the motherland. The submergence of the Valley of Mexico took place long before the submergence of Mu, because after the valley had emerged again and become habitable for man, it was repeopled more than once. Mu was called the Empire of the Sun and was suzerain over all the world. She was the sun, referred to in the legend. Thus, when Mu, the sun, was submerged, she, the sun, was drowned out. Let me stop right here. See, always saying she. I'm going to read this again. Mu was called the Empire of the Sun and was suzerain over all the world. She was the sun, referred to in the legend. Thus, when Mu, the sun, was submerged, she, the sun, was drowned out. It referred to the sun as she. Most of the times you hear people refer to the sun as a he, or as a matriarchal, uh, <clears throat> as a matriarchal, uh, dealing with matriarchal. And the reason why, I mean a patriarchal lineage, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. When they're referring to the sun. But uh, here they're dealing with a matriarchal lineage, or dealing with it with a matriarchal, uh, um, what you could say, uh, dealing, with, dealing with the matriarchy. You know, because everything was, and everything was matriarchy, under the matriarchy. Even Islam is matri- has a matriarchal, uh, a lot of matriarchal flavor to it. Well, a lot of brothers believe that or not, or want to believe it or not, but it is true. Because at the beginning, everything began with the matriarch, began with woman. That's why when I, you hear me say uh, sometimes when I say, and I thank Allah for him, or I thank Allah for her, uh, I thank, you know, I, I, I thank her. I thank her, Allah, uh, that she has granted me another day to live on earth, and so on and so on. Because Allah is a feminine principle not a masculine principle or a patriarchal principle. Okay? Okay, let me move along here. The Empire of the Sun was the ruler of the whole world. Her laws governed all people. When she was gone, all laws throughout the world became chaotic. New forms of government had to be arranged for each colony and colonial empire. Each one, each one from then one had to be self-governing. This certainly was a new era in the history of the world. Shortly after the last repeopling from Mu, the great the great gas belts began to form along the western parts of North America. 
and in forming raised mountains of ranges too. These mountains of ranges run down through Mexico, one of the west side, one on the west side, the other on the east side, forming a broad valley between. As these ranges were being lifted, they carried the valley between them and up several thousand feet at the time these mountains were being raised. Mexico was inhabited. It is safe to say that nearly all of the people perished, as was the case in all other areas where mountains were raised. The various phenomena which are shown throughout the Valley of Mexico today demonstrate without the possibility of controversy that the mountain ranges in western North America are not over 11,500 years old, if as much to the, Mex- uh, the two Mexican ranges are continuations of the Rocky Mountain and Cascade ranges. The bed of the Valley of Mexico during the submergence was a stratum of boulders, gravel, and sand interspersed with seashells, which were bought in by the flood from the ocean waters when they filled up the abyss caused by the sinking land. Evidently, the water was not very deep, nor was the land very long submerged, as they appeared to have been insufficient pressure to form a very solid, compact rock. Today it is found as a crumbly, unfinished, immature conglomerate, rock called tipitate in Mexico. This tipitate rock is found not only in the valley itself, but high up in the mountainous which surround it. Egyptian records say that this rock was laid down about... 16,000 years ago. Now, here what it says in Egypt, Egyptian records. Now, what uh, what what does Egyptian records got to do with the, uh, the, anything that happened in Mexico and here in America? So what does that tell you, sisters and brothers? It tells you that they were here. The Egyptians were here. I don't know how many thousand years ago. That's the only way they can know that what happened. These were, I'm talking about, I don't know how many thousands or how many hundreds of thousands of years before any European even set foot on these lands, on these shores. It says here, how long afterwards it emerged again is not known. From the character of the rock, if we may judge from that, it could not have been very long underwater, comparatively speaking. A civilization occupied the land again after it emerged. This civilization was also wiped out by the catalysm from the ocean. This clinches the fact that the Mexican mountains are a recent origin. The Mexican mountains being a recent origin and being continuation of our own Western ranges prove that all of the mountain ranges is Western North America or of recent origin. It says here, America 12,000 years ago. I now come to Niven's great, uh, second great discovery in, the Mex- in Mexico and little hamlets and villages of four to six miles northwest of Mexico City at a depth uh, from one uh, up from 17 to 18 feet below the surface, Niven discovered still another Mexican prehistoric civilization. Among the many treasures he found were 
2,600 stone tablets. He has gone to the extreme trouble and monumental labor of making traces of every one and, send, and sending them to me. When, sent, when sending some of the first tracings he wrote, I have been informed by professors mentioning the names of many and dozens of others, both American and foreign, and they were symbols unlike anything they had ever seen. Not one of our prominent, uh, prominent archaeologists, either in Europe or in America, has been able to decipher a single one of these tablets. This is not surprising, for it is impossible for them to decipher any tablet or inscription that is over six or 7,000 years old. To read them, one must know the language, the symbols, the alphabet, and the cosmogony of Mu. Mu, the motherland, is the key to all ancient writings. The most ancient writings that, have, that I have seen are of either a religion or a scientific character. Some are about Mu and nothing else. The alphabet of the motherland consists of 16 letters and many thongs. Each letter had three different glyphs as expressing it. The first is the heretic letter, which also carries a hidden meaning. The second is used in the body of words generally, and the third is used as an adjective or to emphasize. The esoteric or hit <clears throat> the esoteric or hidden meaning of the heretic letters was known only to the priesthood and not even to all of them. In most cases the hidden meaning symbolized something M with the alphabetical symbol of four mu. H is the alphabetical symbol for the sacred four, and A for the creator, the deity. Mm. Okay. On examining the tracing of the tablets sent to me by Niven, I saw old friends and found that the keys to the Niagara tablets applied in a general way to these writings. These tablets are the first spoken words from America's prehistoric past. Beside the tablets, Niven found many carved heads, specimens, of which he sent to me. Of these are truly representative of the people we have not, uh, nothing today identically like them. Or we have nothing, or uh, put it this way, if, if these are truly representative of the people, we have nothing today identically like them. Niven seems to think that they have a Mongo cast. To me, however, they appear more like a coarse Semitic, Semitic. Strange as it may appear, the writings on some of these tablets are identical in their religious conceptions with what has recently been found in Babylonia. So we all, those of you that study, do a lot of research on our history, you know who the Babylonians were. So I don't need to go into that, okay? Let me move along. When Niven discovered these tablets, he found them generally around altars. Each one had a coating of clay, evidently for the purpose of preserving the colors of the glyphs. Being found around altars lead to the impression that they may have been sacred relics and much older than the date of the people in whose possession we find, we find them. After deciphering and reading a number of these tablets, I found that the book of them or extracts and sentences from the sacred inspired writings of Mu and 
that in the most cases the esoteric or temple glyphs are used. At this I find myself confronted with peculiar condition, hard to explain satisfactorily to myself. Okay. <clears throat> they have uh on this page here they have different uh dealing with Egyptian, Mayan and Mu and English. Uh they have what English A represents and what the English B represents in the Mu language, the Maya language, and the Egyptian languages. But notice that the Egyptian language, the Mayan language, and the language of Mu are all somewhat identical. They all are, some, are somewhat identical with each other. So these tells me that these people are one and the same. This is this is what I know. <clears throat> this is what I'm coming up with. Okay. Okay, let me move along here. Many of these, oh, so one, many of these tablets are exceedingly crude in workmanship. The drawings and carvings are those of novices. Others are perfectly drawn and carved the work of experts. Two, tablets themselves have not been shaped. Their shapes are very irregular. Their sizes equally so. They appear to be just water-worn stones with a smooth surface. The figures are drawn to conform to the shape of the stone. Three, the designs, although although in some extremely crude, show a highly educated mind with a profound knowledge of the ancients, conception of the origin and workings of the great forces, a perfect knowledge of life and its origin. This civilization was in no way primitive. On the contrary, in science, they were far ahead of us today. Their knowledge of the cosmic forces, which our ancients, which our scientists call they call energy for one for one of the knowledge of their origin was evidently perfect. A primitive civilization could not have written these tablets. They are the exposition of the knowledge of a profound science which has only just dawned on the scientific world of today and which has not yet as yet been learned and mastered by modern man. How can we accomplish such profound knowledge in some cases so crudely written? Their pottery, terracotta, figures are the work of experts. The writings are queer, yet queer as they are. They are the first words spoken for us to understand from those who lived in America over 12,000 years ago. This is here in America. This is from uh, uh, what you say, or later known as Lemuria, or what we call Elmuria. Elmoria, okay? Let me move along. One of these tablets told the form of government among these people from the deciphering which will follow. <clears throat> all who read must feel convinced that the religion, conceptions, and cosmogony were at a very high order. What is more thoroughly understood, what was what were they writing about? One of the great themes was the creation, which they systematically followed down from chaos to the event of man. They state that in the beginning all was chaos, and the universe was soundless and darkness prevailed over all. Their, 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 their principal symbol was the sun as the monotheistic or collective symbol of the creator. Their religion was monotheistic. They acknowledge only one supreme, which they worship through a collective symbol, the sun. 
the Supreme, the Creator, was given many attributes, each of which were symbolized. Great stress apparently was laid on the fact that these attributes were only powers of the One Supreme. <clears throat> they had a communistic form of government. All crops were divided according to their laws. I have found no mention whatever of money. Whether they had any or not, I cannot say. Throughout this work, especially in the translations, I have avoided using the word God as being the infinite the deity because the name God did not mean the deity among the ancients. To make this clear, I will give the origin of the word God. The origin of the word God. In all very ancient writings, one comes across the word God. It reads, it reads the God this, the God that. Generally, we find a name given to the God such as the Shaldin. We know who they were. The God Belmaduk, the Egyptian. We know who they were. The God thought. Where the word thought come from, etc. The ancients did not refer to the creator. The ancients did not refer to the to, to, to the creator. To them, he was the supreme. Their meaning was a cosmic force originating with the creator. In ancient writings, we constantly uh, come across marriage of a god and a goddess who produce or accomplish something. The ancients knew perfectly well that to, to create anything, the two cosmic forces were involved. They were taught in the sacred inspired writings. In these writings, they were taught and shown that it was the combined action of two forces that created, as it was the combined action or joining together or coming in contact with each other. It is proper as is popular, popularly symbolized as a marriage of the gods, marriage of the two forces. It was properly expressed as a marriage to enable the ancient layman better to understand the phenomenon. Thus, we find he was taught that the god, a married, and let me start over again. I'm sorry. Thus we, thus, we find that he was taught that God, A, married to the goddess B, and they produced C. In the sacred writings, we find the, the same phenomenon expressed in temple language, commands in creation. The arrows of the sun met the arrows of the earth. The, for, the foregoing is the form of temple writing and not the form of teaching the layman. The priesthood, in turn, to make it more understandable in the layman, symbolizes the forces as gods. The first four gods were the four great primary forces. Okay, were the four primary forces. Okay, that's your basis for your, um, start right here. That, that, I believe, is the basis, uh, like they say in the Bible, of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, the, uh, the 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 four uh, seasons of the year: uh, spring, summer, fall, winter. Uh, the uh, the four gates of the circle seven that we have in the circle seven more science of the four gates. We have the uh, four seasons. Uh, you have the uh, four books and the deck of cards. You know, you have um, uh, you have the uh, uh, um, also north, east, west, south. You know, earth, air, fire, water. These are the basis for those uh, sciences. 
and energies, okay, and forces, all right? Now we move it along here. Later in the history of man, the souls of man after they had left the material body were added to the list of gods, such as as the Egyptian thought, the god of learning. This was not out of place, for the ancients knew perfectly well that man at his creation was given cosmic forces, that these forces are under control of the soul, that when the soul left the material body, it carried the cosmic forces with it. So the soul of man possessing cosmic forces was appropriately added to the list of gods. Still later on, we find the word God added to the names of the Creator. The earliest of these applications which I can find is in the Bible where the deity is called God and the Lord God. Since then it has become his most popular name. His most popular name because in the Bible he is listed as a he. This was part of the uh, when the Europeans uh, when the uh, different writers and so-called scholars when they wrote the Bible and the books in the Bible they edited a lot of books out of the Bible. A lot of the books and writers out of the Bible because of their uh, rejection of uh, the matriarchal lineage and uh, the power of the matriarch. They didn't like that because when they first, uh, the Europeans, uh, when they first came uh, to uh, certain parts of the world, when they found out that a lot of women were in power, that infuriated them. You know, so they caught a lot of the matriarch or the feminine principles out of history and certain writings and and dealing with the ancient sciences of the world. That's why in the Bible he is called he or his most popular name, okay? That's why it used to be uh, father, mother, son. Now it's father, son, and the Holy Ghost. They replaced the female with, with with the Holy Ghost. This is what's happened. This is what's happened. What has happened, and it's happening today. Okay, let me move along here. From about 2,500 years ago, we dropped down to present. So this, okay, to present times. Our scientific men, being unable to comprehend the difference between the ancient past God and our present God, have assumed that to the ancients all their gods were deities. And thus they conceived and worshipped many gods. Thus science has formed such a scramble that it has clogged and barely struck the layman's attitude on this subject. But this is nothing new in man's history. Okay. All right. And this right here. Yeah, I'm just, I read this as part of the Children of Moon. It's by James Churchward. I don't know if there's any uh, a relation to Albert Churchward that wrote many books dealing with the uh, uh, other books of esoteric uh, readings. Because uh, uh, James Churchward was a student of Gerald Massey that wrote the book Egypt, the Light of the World, Book 1 and 2. 
and a book of the beginnings, book one and two. Also, in other books, he was a student of Gerald Massey. So I want people to understand that also. Okay. Let's go to let's see. Let's go to Moors no not uh Moors, Mexicans and other. Almorock, North South Central. Okay. South Almoroccan indigenous on by Tashtubik Bay. Okay. This is it. Moors and Mexicans. Moors, Mexicans, and South Al Moroccan indigenous. Prime social and political issues about alien and illegal immigration in North America. See, more of them on North America, okay? Where is America? What is America? Who is American? What is an immigrant? Who is an immigrant? What is an indigenous? Who are the indigenous? Okay. In an entering dynamic comes to light one considering the social, political, and deprecating effects of artificially induced illiteracy and of deliberate liberated U.S. demo miseducation. The elite among the inquisitionists being the self-appointed upper class among the European conquerors and colonizers of the Western Hemisphere have succeeded by way of such institutionalized misinformation strategies to fallaciously convince the descendants of the subjugated Moors of the Western Hemisphere to believe that the world was uncultivated and socially and, and politically disconnected for the most part. Well, I'm going to stop right here. Well, you know that's a lie because I just read you a certain uh, pages in the book uh, The Children of Moo. And, and the, as the man explained it, James Churchward explained it in his book, the, uh, uh, the people couldn't have been primitive kind of science that they had. They were writing on them tablets that no man even today can even understand because you have to understand the language to understand what was written on those tablets. So let me move along here. This being far from the truth, nevertheless had, has had been ringed over the hearts and minds of the natural people for generations over. But this is a new New era of time now. The truth about the advanced knowledge of the ancient Moabites. Moors about their expansive and progressive dominions encompassing the Al Moroccan continents. And the suppressed truth about their present day misnamed, misdirected, and branded descendants shall be and will be exposed to the world. These anthropologic truths absolutely involve the entire North American continent, including Central America, South America, and the Americana, the adjoining islands. 
all of these lands and the aboriginal and indigenous natural peoples of the Western Hemisphere collectively are the direct and mixed descendants of the ancient Moabites, Moors, the ancient ones, the prime social and political issues about alien and illegal immigration. In North America is applicable, 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 I'm sorry, applicable to all the South Moroccan indigenous and natural peoples. And so the title of the of this present writing is called Moors, Mexicans, and South Moroccan Indigenous. The truth about the Far East. Excuse me for a minute. All right, I'm back. Okay. The noise out there had quieted down. Okay. The truth about the Far East, the rulers and scholars of the world know, and we, the Aboriginal Indigenous Moors, know that the European colonial perigonists, inquisitors, Inquisitionists have established the Roman order in the extreme West Maghreb. The motive and mission of these inquisitionists was and is to gain control and to corrupt the seats of power in northwest of Maxim, North America, by way of usurpation. We, the true indigenous of the land and others of the conquered civilized world, are aware of the historical facts and know that the present social and economic human sufferings in the West has origins from the negating ethics, Niceno-colonialism. It has been the misuse of and the abuse of that usurped political and economic power that has and does bring injury to the natural peoples of the true Far East which is now geographically referred to as the West. It must be noted that this was a political act and not a mathematical calculation determined by true astrology and astronomy. The Northgate Territory, North America, and its natural are and is the main political conquest target for the Niceno Constantinopolitans the geographical location was ancient, referred to as the Fountain of Youth. The Far East, however, the truth of geographic geography and history is not taught in the public schools, nor in any other public institution held under demo-European control. That is very true. We all know that is very true. So I don't need to explain that. The ancient truth of the real Far East is that it is located in the zodiacal sign Virgo, which reaches its highest degree in the deep waters of Boston Harbor and off the western coast of Florida, the land of flowers. I'm going to read this over again. The ancient truth of the real Far East is that it is located in the zodiacal, zodiac sign Virgo, which reaches its highest degree in the deep waters of Boston Harbor and off the western coast 
of Florida, the land of flowers, which is what Florida means. Northwestern Maxim, North America. Climax of the zodiac sign Virgo is 189 degrees east longitude, which is as geographically far east as scientifically possible. The Demo, European man, is 180 degrees meridian international Dateline is politically motivated geography as drawn up by them in 1884. The true and natural people of the Far East, the dark-skinned, thick-lipped, kinky-haired Moors, now with ignorance agreeing to call themselves Negroes, have by primo Genitor responsibility, the burden of returning to, to truth and to civilization. They will have to re-educate the masses of hum, humanity back into their true history and natural law, zodiac culture. I'm going to stop right here. I heard a brother earlier uh, when he was talking about Negroes and blacks and colored um, African American, etc. And uh, he was uh, dropping pretty good science, and uh, he was saying that the word Negro, you know, uh, we were telling everybody, don't get mad at him. Uh, I said we were Moors. They were calling us Moors. Uh, he didn't know whether we were calling ourselves Moors or not, but uh, the, the European was calling us Moors. He said he hadn't done enough research on the word itself, but I suggest to him, if he's listening to this show tonight, he need to uh, do more research on the word more. And as I said in the uh, previous uh, lectures I gave on the blog talk show uh, on First World Order, showed that uh, more means one, uh, woman or man or child, that is uh, attached to the land, to the soil of the land and the rivers, the ponds, and the lakes in the oceans and the seas of the planet Earth. That is a moor. That is a moor. Not, the moor does not mean black. As I expressed many times before. Okay? It does not mean black. Okay, so, uh, he said he was satisfied, even, uh, of the word negro. You know, well, negro and black means the same thing, dealing with in Spanish. So, no, I mean, if, 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 in, in, in y'all generation, as y'all say, if y'all want to rock with that, that's okay, you know. But just don't step to me with that. Because Negro is a, it's, it's, it's a name brand, and it's a slave term. And it and uh, represents slavery. It represents the condition of being a slave. So I think he needs to do more research on that. Okay, let me move along here. All right. The true and natural people of the Far East, the dark-skinned, thick-lipped, dark-haired Moors, now with ignorance, agreeing to call themselves Negroes, have by a primogeniture responsibility the burden of returning to truth and to civilization. They will have to re-educate the masses of humanity back into their true history and natural law and the zodiac culture. The pale-skinned, pale, paleolithic, Franciscan nation of people have this 
disingenuously miseducated the word acquisition and changed, and changed the course of human e- events with their pens after burning books on a massive scale. They have success, successively twisted and distorted true history, juggled and changed the maps, Mapa Mundi, the map meaning the map of the world, and have all of the names and the locations of nations. Global geography was modified to such a degree as to send the civilized world into a complete state of utter confusion. If the Demo Europeans have not achieved this worldwide destructive feat, it, it would have been impossible for the Nicino Inquisitionists, European colonists, to rise to the dominance and rule the world for the first time in history. The, Nic- the Nicino Demo Europeans attacked the North Continent with forced servitude, land thefts, the William Lynch philosophy, and the Christian Black Codes. They attacked the South Continent and the Church, commissioning the Cusquiscadores, achieving forced servitude and land thefts. These are more I'm sorry, these are major undertakings which culminated with the natural peoples of the Far East being called the West and falling, falling under the rule of the Nicino Demo Europeans. This history, amongst other events, must be known in order for the common natural peoples to understand the anti social motives, actions, and policies which continue to emanate from the Europeans who established the pseudo-government orders on the lands Americas, which are not their own. Nacino Demo Policy Update. True world history is an, um, uh, is, an, is an important component of a good education, as it reveals much to the trained eye, as well as the enlightened those less subject to naive thinking. Much can be learned in spite of deliberated deletions, eliminations, and alterations made through index uh, and to index laborium, prohibitorium. He had uh, Moorish Latin written here. Okay. Okay. And it must be remembered that a colonist is always a colonist and that generations of descendants does not and cannot change the decent nature of man. Okay, I'm going to stop right here. Okay, colonists will always be colonists. What he's saying is that they are still colonists. Okay, you see a lot of these, uh, and this is nothing to uh, uh, make any statements against uh, people of European descent of, or any other nation or nationality or in, in, uh, ethnicity group. Nothing like that, but <clears throat> one must be truthful, you know, when he makes statements and when he talk about or give lectures on certain subjects, that uh, what it is and what it's not, you know, uh, they are not Americans. They carry the title of being an American, but they are not American. But why? because they're not Aboriginal or Indigenous or Toshtanous to this land. They have to be Aboriginal, Indigenous, or Toshtanous to this land in order to uh, be a real American. It is what it is. 
it's not because what I say or not because I said so. It's not, it's because what I have learned and studied through the years and found out I found out what it is and what is what is it what it is and what is not. And just not to put any bias or make any bias statement against uh uh the Europeans here that call themselves Americans. You know, you can say that, uh, <clears throat> and you notice a lot of Europeans don't even refer to themselves as European Americans. They may say I'm Irish American. They may say I'm Italian American. They may say I'm German American or whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what they are saying, actually, what they are saying, they are telling you they're not actually Americans themselves. They are telling you that. Because what they're saying, when they say I'm Irish, I, I, I think I, I have mentioned this before in pre- previous First World Order blog talk shows, that when they're saying that, that, you know, they are descendants of Irish, German, and Italian immigrants that came to America to be shores from Italy, Ireland, and Germany. So, therefore, their lineage go back to Ireland, Italy, and Germany. Not here. And they are descendants of pilgrims. Well, what is a pilgrim? Pilgrim is a foreigner. Okay. All right, let me move along here. We will we will take the time to exhibit an an impact excerpt from the updated appendix to the Christian Black Codes of 1724 A.D. in harmony with the conquest mission of their Roman forefathers. The U.S. Demo Europeans initiated the updated contemporary Crusade military plan. This conquest and subjugation maintenance strategy was officially classified as top secret. It is coded name, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, Introductory Program, Manual, Operation, Research, Technical Manual, TM, SW7905.1, Executive Order, Number 11490, The King Alfred Plan. It was with heavy Reactions, deletions, and deletions and missing pages released under the Freedom of Information Act, and is an pretentious document of crusade intent and an update of the U.S. Demo Europeans World Conquest Plan. It is definitely a refinement of the Christian Black Codes of 1724 A.D. A.D. meaning in the year of domination. Okay. That don't mean after the death of Christ. Now, some people believe, you know, some people have been told, all right, under the mind control system. Okay. Because a lot of us have been socially engineered since we were a child to believe that, that A.D. means after the death of Christ. No, A.D. means in in the year of the, of, domi- of domination. Okay. <clears throat> we move along. The Aboriginal and Indigenous Natural Peoples of the Americas, Moors, 
Let me read this again. Let me listen very carefully now. Like I told you, the subject is about uh, the Moors and America. Okay. Let me listen to the, listen to me carefully. The Aboriginal and Indigenous natural peoples of the Americas, Moors, Mexicans, and other South Al Moroccan indigenous must be cognizant of the truth about the long-term strategy, strategies initiated by the occupational Nicino forces from Europe. Stop right here. Now, you hear, I know a lot of you heard a lot of the uh, people being deported, uh, Mexicans being deported back to Mexico. Okay, Mother said, done with the drugs and all this drug cartel and drug trafficking uh, BS. But that's not true. Because a lot of them, the truth is, a lot of them are not documented. And they're not documented, and therefore they don't have no birth certificates or bonds on them where the U.S. demo, uh, U.S. demo uh, Euro- uh, Europeans can't make any money off of them. This is this is the real reason. Same thing with the the Muslims from certain Muslim uh, countries. Uh, why they why they you know trying to keep them from coming over to immigrate country also because uh, in Islamic law they cannot on um, on their bonds they cannot claim any or claim interest or put any interest rates on these people bonds because in, uh, in Islamic law. Uh, that is the, uh, considered usury. This is what the, this is what this is what their problem is. This is the truth. They're trying to put all these Mexicans back to Mexico, which is this is their land as well as as, as ours. If anybody needs to be deported, anybody should be deported. It should be them. Call Americans or the so-called. Uh, 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 Europeans that call themselves Americans. They're the ones that still trespassers. They're the one. those are the, are the real foreigners. Like the people, Europeans in South Africa, calling themselves South Africans. They are not South Africans. They're Europeans. Most of them are Dutch, of a Dutch ancestry. Well, they need to go back to Holland or the Netherlands. Okay? And this is not anything biased against any people or any certain group of people. This is some, uh, this is truth talking, you know? Trying to correct the wrong and make it right. Okay, let me move along here. Let me read this again, okay? The Aboriginal and Indigenous natural peoples of the Americas, Moors, Mexicans, and other South Almoroccan indigenous must be cognizant of the truth about the long-term strategies initiated by the occupational Nicene Forces from Europe. 
due to miseducation, some of the ignorant among us think that the hostile-speaking Europeans from North America are merely misguided with antisocial attitudes, and we are and and are being alleged racists who suffer to impose their prejudice upon the Asiatics of the planet. This naive frame of thinking is rooted in the lack of knowledge of true world history, and such naivety. Naivety is not good. It is the responsibility and duty of those who know to teach those who do not know. The following excerpt text is derived from a few pages which are extracted from the limited release top secret introductory programming, manual and documents which have been known and published as Executive Order Number 11490. Executive Order Number 1190, October 19, 1969, the King Alfred Plan, the Rex 84 Plan, Concentration Camps, Executive Order Number 11490, Expanded, Top Secret Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, Introductory Manual, Operation Research, Technical Manual, TMS-SW 7905.1. The U.S. Demo Europeans do not want the already miseducated natural peoples to figure out the fact that the Crusaders never ended their attempt to dominate and destroy the Aboriginal and Indigenous peoples' families and to thwart their ability to sustain a stable economy among themselves. This calculated manipulation and chicanery as intended to compel the Aboriginals into submitting to color of law, and to sanction color of government. To achieve these ends, the U.S. Demo Europeans devised King Alfred. The expert, the excerpts are typed in italics. King Alfred, page 3 and 4, Security. It is painfully impossible to discuss social engineering or the automation of a society, i.e., the engineering of social automation systems, silent weapons on a national or worldwide scale without implying extensive objectives of social control and destruction of human life, slavery, and genocide. This manual is in, is in itself an analog declaration of intent. Such a writing must be secured from public scrutiny. Otherwise, it may be recognized as a technically formal declaration of domestic war, which it is. Furthermore, Whenever any person or group of persons in a position of great power and without the full knowledge and consent of the public uses such knowledge and methodology for economic conquest, it must be understood that a state of domestic warfare exists between said person or group of persons and the public. The solution of today problem requires an approach which is ruthlessly candid with no agonizing or religious moral, or cultural values. You have qualified for this project because of your ability to look at human society with cold objectivity and yet analyze and discuss your observations. (coughs) And conclusions with others of similar intellectual capacity without a loss of discretion or humility. Such virtues are exercised in your own best interest do not deviate from them. This publication marks the 25th anniversary of the third Cold War called the Quiet War. 
Using Subjective Biological Warfare Assault with Silent Weapons. This book contains an introductory description of this war, its strategies, and its weaponry. May 1979, number 74-1120. King Alfred Plan, page 6, 7, 8, and 9. Historical Introduction. Silent weapon technology has evolved from operations research, OR, a strategic and, and tactical methodology developed under a military management in England during World War II. Excuse me. Sorry about that. All right. Let me get back where we were. Where were we? Okay. <clears throat> okay, we'll start off again. Silent weapons technically has involved from operation research. A strategic and technical methodology developed under the military management in England during World War II. The original purpose of Operation Research was to study and study the strategic and tactical problems of air and land defense with the objective of effective use of limited military resources against foreign enemies. It, it, it was soon recognized by those positions of power that the same methods may be useful for totally controlling a society but better tools were necessary. <clears throat> social, engineer, social engineering, the analysis and automation of a social society requires the correlation of great amounts of constantly hanging economic information data, so a high-speed computerized data processing system was necessary, which could race ahead of the society and predict what society would arrive for capitulation. Hmm. Relay computers were too slow, but the electronics computer invented in 1946 by J. Presper Eckert and John W. Manchley filled the bill. The next breakthrough was the development of a simple method of linear programming in 1947 by the mathematician George B. Densick. Then in 1948, the translator invented by, I mean, the transistor invented by J. Bourdon. W. H. Bratton and W. Shockley promised great expansion of the computer field by reducing space and power, doing space and power requirements. With these three in positions of power, strongly suspected that it was possible for them to control the whole world with the push of a button. Immediately, the Rockefeller Foundation got in on the ground floor by making a four-year grant at Harvard College. 
funding the Harvard Economic Research Project, project for the study of the structure of the American economy. One year later, in 1949, the United States Air Force joined in. In 1952, the great, I mean, the original grant period terminated and a high-level meeting of the elite was held to determine the next phase of social operations research. The Harvard Project had been very fruitful as is borne out by the publication of some of its results in 1953, suggesting the feasibility of economic social engineering studies in the structure of the American economy. Copyright 1953 by Wesley Lantieff, International Sciences Press Incorporated, White Plains, New York. Some heavy stuff, ain't it? Okay, I'm going on here. Engineered in the last half decade in the 1940s, the now quiet war machine stood, so to speak, in sparkling gold plated hardware on the showroom floor by 1954. With the creation of the Moser in 1954, the promise of unlocking unlimited sources of fusing atomic energy from the heavy hydrogen and seawater and the consequent availability of unlimited social power became a possibility ability only decades away. The combination was irresistible. The quiet war was quietly declared by the international elite at a meeting held in 1954. Although the silent weapon system was nearly exposed 13 years later, the evolution of the new weapon system has never suffered any major setbacks. This volume marks the 25th anniversary of the beginning of the quiet war. Already, the domestic war has had many victories on many fronts throughout the world. As I say, a political introduction. But it was well recognized by those positions as authority that it was only a matter of time, only a few decades before the general public would be able to grasp and upset the cradle of power for the very elements of the new silent weapon technology, whereas accessible for a public utopia as they were for providing a private utopia. The issue of primary concerns, that of dominance, revolve around the subject of the energy sciences. It says here, energy. Energy is recognized as the key to all activity on Earth. Natural science is the study of the sources and control of natural energy. And social science has theoretically expressed as economics is the study of the sources and control of social energy. Both are, book, both are bookkeeping systems, mathematics. Therefore, mathematics is the primary energy science, and the bookkeeper can be king of the public and be kept ignorant of the methodology of the bookkeeping. All science is merely a means to an end. This means, this means is knowledge. The end is control. Beyond this remains only one issue. Who will be the beneficiary? In 1954, the issue of primary concern, although the so-called nat or moral issues were raised in view of the law of natural selection, it was agreed that a nation or a world of people who will not use their intelligence are no better than animals who do not have intelligence. Such a people are beasts of burden and stakes on the table by choice and consent. 
Consequently, in the interest of future world order, peace, and tranquility, it is it was decided to, uh, to privately wage a quiet war against the American public with an ultimate objective of permanently shifting the natural and social energy wealth of the undisciplined and, uh, and irresponsible many into the hands of the self-disciplined, responsible, and worthy few. Ain't that something? Yeah. That's something that some people say, ain't that something, man? Damn. Mm. I love it. Let me go on here. In order to implement this objective, it was necessary to create, secure, and apply new weapons, which, as it turned out, were a class of weapons so subtle and so sophisticated in their principle of operation and public appearance as to earn for themselves the name silent weapons. In conclusion, the objective of economic research as inducted by the magnets of capital, banking, and the industries. And the industries of commodities, goods, land services, and the establishment of an economy of an economy which is totally predictable and manipulable. Manipulatable. In order to achieve a total predictable economy, the law class elements of, of the society must be brought under total control, i.e. must be housebroken, trained, assigned, and assigned a yoke, assigned a yoke and a long-term social duties from a very early age, but they have the opportunity to question the propriety of the matter. In order to achieve such conformity, the lower class family unit must be disintegrated by a process of increasing preoccupation of the parents and the establishment of government-operated daycare centers for the occupationally orphaned children. The quality of education given to the lower class must be of the poorest sort, so that the meat of ignorance, isolating inferior class from the superior class, is and remains incomprehensible to the inferior class. But such an initiated handicap, even bright lower class individuals have little, if any, hope of extricating themselves from their assigned lot in life. This form of slavery is essential to maintaining some measure of social order, peace, and tranquility for the ruling upper class. That is something. Now, some of you uh, probably have read this already. Some of you, some of you have never heard of it before. I just, I just, I just read this to you, you know, for those who are not familiar with the King Alpha Plan, the Rex 84 Plan. So, you know, there's more to read on that, but I'm going to skip a lot of that, and I'm going to go on to dealing with uh, exactly. But this is what's going on in America today, uh, dealing with uh, what they call useless eaters. You know, this is what they have planned for a lot of people. Believe it or not, some of you are, like I said, some of you are already have read this before, and some a lot of a lot of you have it. Have it. So this is what I'm reading it for, for for those who are not familiar 
with the uh, Red 54 plan and the King Alpha plan. Okay? Okay. It says here, Societas Republica, Alf Maracanos, Northgate Territory, or Al Moroccan, okay? The Christian black codes have played a most important role to supplement slavery, pseudo-history, pseudo-law for the U.S. demo European colonists who ruled from the North with corruptive intent. The original United States is Societas Republica El E.E.A. Al Maracanos, the true ancient origin and great seal, federal government of the Moors. Northwards of Mexum, Northwest Africa, North America is the heartland of the Moroccan Empire. This northern part of the universe is known as the North Gate. The North Gate is one of the uh, four gates that uh, surrounds the Circle Seven. Okay. If I had, a, if I had, to, uh, I could show you what I'm talking about, but I, uh, but I don't have the technology for that as, as of yet. Still working on it. Okay. All right. Okay. It says here the fall of the Moorish Empire and the subjugation of the Moors of the North Gate empowered and enriched the conquering Christian. Crusaders to an ascendant level never imagined. This was and is the main motivating factor for the conquering and occupying Inquisitionists. <clears throat> Dedicated suppression of truth and history. Exposure of such truth would expose them and obstruct their insatiable desire to use the North Gate as a launching pad to conquer the natural people across the globe and to greedily control the resources of the rest of the Asiatic world. The demo mission and predisposed Christian black codes agenda unavoidably involves the suppression of the Moors, our Moroccans of the Northwest who have been branded as blacks, Negroes, colored folks, Indians, and West Indians, Latinos, etc., or Hispanics as well. This branding system is primal to the Peregrinus European Christian long term plans for occupation and for assessing bonds and liens as being surety bonds or surety holders. The indigenous Mexican Al Moroccans of the South who have been artificially displaced socially and politically from their own ancient lands are the, are the targets of the same demo agenda perpetrated by the same European reconstructors of history and geography and backed by fraudulent unsanctioned and anti-constitutional corporate demo government body politic. Truth and integrity. Truth is that the truth is that quality of being true and allied senses. It is of the character of being or the disposition to be true to the person, true to principle and true to cause, etc. The truth is conformity with fact and agreement with reality, accurate to correctness of statement or thought. Truth is the absence of counterfeit, absence of deceit, and is not supportive of imitation. Truth is referred to in a wider sense as honesty, sincerity, uprightness, righteousness, virtue, and integrity, 
Integrity is that quality of being that reflects upon reality and uncorporated state. It is an ethical soundness of moral principle and virtue. Right is right. There is truth. Wrong is wrong. Law is law. And truth needs no apology. Because these use misrepresentations, colored legality, lies, deception, suppression to justify their demoral works. It is not follow and honor and admiration or integrity has anything to do with the seats of power, thereby attained by the European colonists. We, the natural people, have been and are now faced with the acceleration of inhumane treatment and the prospects of the traditional practice occupational European superiority subjected to many human rights abuses. These torts become even more obvious due to the colonists' deliberate manipulation of and misaddressing of the prime social and political issues which deal with actual facts and the root truth about identity and about alien and illegal immigration in North America. It is an interesting dynamic to hear the most blatant immigrants on the planet carp and arrogantly complain of indigenous people as being immigrants. The social and political position, position held by published by the bombastic hate mongers in the demo government occupying the North ultimately are not in the best interest of the indigenous of the land. Colonists, extortionists, and thieves are not and never had been in the business of telling truth, nor concerned with matters of preserving truth. Truth is not in their social political interest. Truth and integrity as a matter of culture has been absent from the lands and peoples of the Americas due to the works and teaching of the demo-European occupiers. Although many had suffered at their hands, it is also naive for the indigenous to expect the demo-Europeans to tell the truth about us, the indigenous. These matters should be openly reviewed by the concerned natural people and the public with resolutions and remedies as they go. True world history and basic civic instructions, including geography and geology, information needs to be reinstituted with fervent intent. The absence of present-day U.S. demo European misguidance. Such activities should be keenly monitored by unobstructed indigenous civic groups, the Organization of American Status, OAS, and by other uncompromised international human rights organizations and nations, etc. The thing about it is here, you take like the uh, the acquittal, I don't know how many of you heard about the acquittal of the officer in St. Louis, Missouri Republic of murdering uh, this brother here, and they're doing a lot of protests, marches, and a lot of uh, uh, rioting, uh, vandalism, and things like that. And things have been going on for decades, you know. And a lot of those kind of people have never never learned that this is neither uh, produ- not productive, it's counterproductive. You know, they, 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 they haven't learned that yet. Although you still have a lot of provocateurs out there that is promoting a lot of these activities. But uh, you see, what the problem is, the reason why a lot of these officers are getting off 
with murdering our people and getting off with it because they still calling them, themselves something that they are not. They're trying to identify themselves with colors or what they color. They try to identify themselves by calling themselves black, calling themselves African-American, calling themselves people of color, Negro, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, while there is no such people in any part of the human family. I keep on repeating this and repeating this and repeating this. I keep on repeating this, you know, and people seeing those sense. You know, they have you out here doing these demonstrations, uh, uh, which are demonstrations which you have to pay for yourself and tell you where to demonstrate at, where you can march at, you know, because uh, you have to pay them for these demonstrations. They have, uh, th- th- these demonstrations are being paid for, and they are protesting against the same people. Uh, th- uh, they are paying the same people who they are protesting against. They're paying them, and the, and the people who they're protesting against are constantly making money and feeding off them. Yes, they're making money, and they're profiting off of these protest marches. They're, pro- they're profiting off of that, the very same people who they're protesting against. Now, ain't that crazy? When are the people going to ever learn? See, the things that a lot of us be talking on different blog talk shows and on YouTube and things like that, a lot of a lot of these things you hear from myself, uh, Dr. Arlene L. Bay, Sister Kadira, uh, Queen Valara L. Bay, and, and Sister Raj, Raya Bay, Taj Tariq Bay, Abdullah L. Lee, Mosi Bay, Brother Sabir Bay, <coughs> Grand Sheik Nature Bay, L. Bay. And you know, and the like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You never hear these on mainstream, on mainstream media. You never hear uh, hear this. Uh, you never hear any of us on mainstream media. Why? Because they are not in, uh, interested in uh, interested in telling the truth. Telling the truth is not part of their agenda. And this is why I had to explain to a lot of sisters and brothers. They say that uh, uh, we don't seem to be making a dent, and when we're doing a lot of our lectures to the people, that's uh, that's because it's not reaching the mainstream media. It's only on YouTube, on places like the blog talk shows. This is why. It's not really out in the general public like it should be. Okay, let me move along here. It says here, concept and conception. Conception. In order to rightfully, truly, and honestly understand a thing, a system, a subject matter, a social and political dilemma, or an idea, we must examine the matter before us with an eye toward its constitution or make up. Thus, in order to resolve problems, we must resort to the highest science known to man. The highest science is universal, known, universally known as common sense. Common sense is the eternal sense, which is regarded as the common, united, bonded, and collective activation of, of and the functioning abilities of 
the functioning abilities of the five senses. These common senses are sight, hearing, smell, sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. We, in harmony with nature and in accord with these divine given sense tools, are endowed with the ability to form a higher single faculty, which elevates the power of them all and is contradictive to intellect and will by way of the heightened mental faculty rooted in the five senses we form our concepts or foundation understanding of our environment and so a concept is a thought or mental image of a person place, thing, or idea which we as humans rely to reason and to design etc. And so with our divine given common senses and with reasoning we will examine the words aboriginal and indigenous for value. Then we will examine the word immigrant for its value. Thus our minds can be clear, more rational and balanced as we travel the road of reasoning in order that we may come to logical and immaculate conclusions to resolve our apparent and inner social problems. <clears throat> With a clear concept of an, of an issue, the people are unable to understand what is what, who is who, and right from wrong. In relation to the proper concepts surrounding the subject matter of immigrants in its proper light at Northwest Mexico, North America, reality will, will then reveal the status of and the identity of the persons who are illegal immigrants. And the matter of those persons or government officials concerned with the alleged immigrant status of indigenous Mexicans and the true and Central and South our Moroccans. The resolution and answer to that American dilemma is very simple. The following standard affirmation of fact question a questionnaire can be applied equally and fairly to any human walking the face of the planet. These questions apply to the questionnaire or inquisitor as well as the one being questioned. Apply the following questions to the person or persons of interest, and they themselves will indicate their true na nation and identity and country status. It will always expose those who are have been misrepresenting themselves and who are actually colored or dishonest. In law, colored means a prima facie or apparent right or appearance or opposed to that which is real, actual, or true. That's what a color. That's what colored is. When you're dealing with color. Read this again. I'm going to read it again. It will also expose those who are, have been misrepresenting themselves and who are actually colored or dishonest. In law, colored means a prima facie, or apparent as opposed to which is real, actual, or true. This questionnaire will substantially prove more comprehensive and more bona fide than most any current public documents now in the use of this particular North American United States government. Okay. Apply the seven. Seven, following the pregnant questions, and then rationally contemplate upon the results. You will be alarmed and amazed at how simple the truth can be known all what other facts become apparent and evident to the unassuming among us. Always question persons or agents who claim to have authority over yourself 
and your property. They should always be put to question. Naivety will quickly become a memory. The burden of proof should always remain upon those who question someone else's status to produce written and documented proof of their own status. It has here the questionnaire, affirmation of fact. What is your proper name, attribute, or cognomen? What is your nationality and national name? What nation is connected to your nationality? Describe your country, flag. Describe your country's flag and national seal. On what continent is your nation geographically located? Are you indigenous to the land where you now reside? Are you an immigrant? Explain. These are the questions on that questionnaire. About a lot of you, especially have you, those of you uh, that have been to law class or certain law classes dealing with uh, indigenous rights, uh, dealing with uh, listening to the blog talk show, First World Order show, and other shows like the First World Order show, a lot of you should be able to answer all these questions. True and rightful government is distinguished nationals from aliens. The name, the nationality, the nation, country, and the continent, which you, that particular person's nation is located, should not conflict with the nation's name, the true or geography or earth location. Proper person names and restored geography education and reverse demo colonial. Reconstructed history is a simple and elementary way to determine who is who and whether or not the person or persons in question are immigrant to the land, which may be in question, or whether they are indigenous. There is nothing complicated about that. The indigenous are home and to the uh, to the land and on the land, and the land belongs to them. The immigrant is a visitor or an invader, according to motive of their presence, and is not at home and does not belong to the land or on the land. The land does not belong to them. As an example, reviewing the following. A, a natural person who is Russian is not American because Russia is not on either of the two of the American continents, North, Central, South, nor the adjoining islands. B, a natural person who is Brazilian is an American and cannot be a European because Brazil is not not part of Europe. C, a natural person. Listen to listen to me. Listen to me real good. A natural person, which means the indigenous person that's indigenous to these A and B. Indigenous people that is natural to the land. These are the persons I'm talking about now. Okay? A natural person who is an Alaskan is an American North, but not Haitian. South America is yet both are Americans. D, a natural person who is French cannot be a Mexican and therefore cannot be an American. France is of Europe, and Mexico is of America. A Frenchman is an alien in America, and a Mexican is an alien in France. This national and international truth and principle applies universally. E, a natural person who is Cuban is an American and cannot be an Englishman who is European. The one Cuban is American, and the other Englishman is European. Two different continents, Two different people. The Cuban is indigenous to America. The Englishman is not. He's only indigenous to England. So therefore, he's an Englishman. 
and it cannot be an American. Okay? Now, the true national identity of a, natu- of a natural person, discernible and not, complicated at all, it is easy to find out who is legitimate in law and who is perpetrating a color or fraud. Thus, nationality and status conjoined with legitimate claims to authority and jurisdiction are easy to reason and to analyze. Tell the truth, and there is no problem. Support the lie and intrusion, abridgment, and social problems will continue to abound. The less logical step in reasoning, which addresses the, uh, the, the, the illegal immigrant problem, is an, as an analysis of world history and etymology to remove fictitious names, slave brands, artificially put upon the lands and the natural peoples, which were invented by demo European inquisitionists and slaveholders. These prima facie tasks and brands have given fraud support to alien intruder, birthright theft practices, and usurping conquests. Truth is waiting for all the sincere among humanity to proclaim. Truth is, is waiting for any sincere or interested natural person to observe. Thus, addressing the issues of aliens and immigrants, if someone or some people are complaining about an intrusion into their nation, country, land, home, then they have a political and moral right to ask the immigrant, aliens, or non-indigenous person or persons to submit to uh, to permits of corporate activities or go back to their own country, land, or home. With such legal status, complaints are lodged or forwarded for public act, scrutiny, or review. Identify the complainant. If the complainant indigenous to the land upon which they are making their claim or the complainants from another country or a continent, or um, this is a question, I'm sorry, is the, com- is the complainant indigenous to the land upon which they are, are is the indigenous to the land upon which they are making their claim, or the complainants from another country or a continent? That's the question. The legitimate national who suffers the intrusion of another, not indigenous to the land, has the right to tax, to regulate, or to legislate the required condition of any said immigrant to stay on or in the land, country. Isn't that, isn't that logical and reasonable? In ancient and modern jurisprudence, lex means law in Latin. Morris Latin. Keep these law principles in mind. Lex semper debit remedium means the law will always give a remedy. Lex semper intended co convenient rationi means the law always attends what is agreeable to reason. Lex securit ignoranti means the law assists the ignorant. After all, when done, consider this. The families of nations on the earth can have recognized and specified identities and identity, and identity establish a person's status in society. These logistical truths are, are coupled with their capacity to exercise the maximum of law, the maximum of civil liberties, and to enjoy the rights and immunities afforded under supreme constitutional protections and reservations of those unalienable rights. One can see and hear that many people and politicians 
lodging complaints about these immigrants lost in legal matters throughout the communication arena. Why aren't these complainants hold to the same standard? Nations, through their delegated representative officials, are authorized through described and limited authority to make laws to, and to govern the secure to the unalienable rights or unalienable rights of the people. People of that particular nation to which the natural person, single or multiplied same units belongs relative to the body politic. Stop right here. And the reason why, why sometimes I pronounce it unalienable rights instead of unalienable rights is that in me, as Dr. Arlene Elbey said, um, we rather use that word because it means that you cannot be leaned upon. That you that we are as nation people with nationalities and birthright, you know, principles uh, cannot be leaned upon. Okay. Okay. The above, the acquired information gathered from the questionnaire can be intelligently used as an authentic foundation to construct any legitimate national card of, identic, of identification. Particularly since so much ridicule is being made of who belongs in or to what nation or country. Therefore, geographically, location information is a determined factor. It is not hard for any authority, delegated political body, to really solve the alleged immigration problems of North America, of the distinguished, uh, the, uh, the distinguished politicians and counterfeit Americans really want to, wanted to. So you know who the counterfeit Americans are. Europeans, okay. <clears throat> These same people will first start with proving who they really are. For the public record, any legitimate and un- unencumbered host nation can lawfully issue nationality cards of identification or regulated visas upon the verified questions above listed. The true indigenous nation of of note can then issue qualified and other true identification documents accordingly accordingly before the borders of any nation, real or imagined, can be regulated. It is unencumbered. Authenticity must be universally confirmed by fact, reason, and true geography and sociology in order to obtain and declare the identity and thus the true status of anyone. This must be documentation which indicates the same nationality continent. Okay. Read this again. Okay. Uh, where was I? Okay. Is any legitimate and uncumbered host nation can lawfully issue nationality cards of identification or regulated visas upon the verified questions above listed? The true indigenous nation of no can be then issue qualified and other true identification documents accordingly before the borders of any nation, real or imagined, can be regulated. It is uncumbered. Authenticity must be universally confirmed by fact, reason, and true geography and sociology. In order to obtain and declare the identity and thus the true status of anyone, there must be documents which indicate true pedigree, name, nationality, 
continent and a matching and verifiable connection to the national constitution, national seal, and the national standard flag of that particular nation, people, or country. At that juncture, real, rational, free, just, fair, and real sovereign politics can, by right, apply. And to the truth about name, heritage, nationality, and identity is seriously addressed with unsoiled and uncolored accompanying documentation. There will be immigration, confusion, artificial economic imbalance, and unsettling social, political disorder, and fraud. Okay, we come to, to Aboriginal and Indigenous. Aboriginal is derived from the old Moorish Latin word Aborigine, which means the first and earliest known natural peoples and pertaining to their culture, related to their possessions, their customs, and their lands. Aboriginal is an adjective which qualifies marked and differentiated characteristics which okay, which confirm a connection to and notes possession of the first natural people. Aboriginal is distinct from and confounded with immigrant and distinguished from European colonists. Indigenous is from the old Moorish Latin word indigenous, which means born or produced naturally in a land or region and by natural law and heritage, rightfully associated with and bound to the soil. Thus the ancient jurisprudence term natural person. Immigrants, peregrinus. The word immigrant is derived from the old Moorish Latin word emigrantum, which means one who is not a native, or that which immigrates, or that which immigrates, and more specifically, reference to a person or a people who migrates from another place, country, or land to another land, place, or country as a settler. A settler is one who comes to the come to or immigrates to another land with the purpose and intent to establish a colony in a land or place not of their own origin. A settler is an, okay, there, these are synonyms. Thus, the old Moorish Latin term, wandering foreign traveler, was applied to the immigrating Albion, or European colonists, Peregrine, or Peregrinum, or Peregrinus, means wanderer. A wandering foreign traveler translate in history as pilgrim and pilgrims. A lot of a lot of you have saw the old John Wayne Western movies. Uh, he always referred to people as pilgrim. So he he know he know who he was and he he know who his people are. You know they know who they are. They know they're pilgrims. Okay, let me go on here. The migratory movements of a people who colonize someone else. This one, I'm going to read this over again. A peregrine, a peregrine, or a peregrinos, it means wandering foreign traveler, and translate in history as pilgrim and pilgrims. The, mig- the migratory movements of a people who colonize someone else's land does not and cannot change their descent nature. They are still who their, who their, who their forefathers were, Europeans. There is no shame in, in that. However, they also cannot impose upon or dismiss the nationality of others, and politically, socially, and economically steal the natural people's birthrights by trading places, altering history and records, and who, by color, 
misrepresent themselves as our Moroccans, or are they, uh, uh, as they say today, Americans. Uh, uh, I'll give you an example. I had uh, this, this uh, policy holder, or what they call police officers, on YouTube, and he's saying he was Welsh. He's, he, uh, he's a descendant of, of Welsh immigrants that came to America. But he thinks that since he was born in America, he's American. He's not a Welsh American. He, he's just an American. But therefore, I would have to say to him, no, he's not American. He's Welsh. If his foreparents were Welsh, so is he. He cannot be anything else what his foreparents was not. Therefore, his blood, his blood lineage had to go back to the Welsh in the British Isles in the United Kingdom. That's where his bloodline is go to, uh, go to, go back to. He's not Aboriginal or Indigenous, or uh, he's not Aboriginal or Indigenous or Tostinous to this land of America. Neither North, Central, South America, nor the adjoining island, islands, as they sometimes call the Americanas. Okay. Okay, it has here. I want to. Oh, also, I want to keep on reminding you of the uh, of the uh, the conference they're going to have on the twenty second of this month, twenty third, twenty fourth. Don't forget and bear in mind. You know, uh, it's not too late to make it down there. You know, to get down there, in North Carolina. Uh, if uh, if you want to want a number, or some, if you want a phone number or somebody to reach, uh, the phone number is nine one zero. Three six four nine zero nine 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 one zero three six four nine zero nine nine, or you can give me a call. I might can give you some information on that uh, on the conference. Uh, my number is three one four six four 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 two five three one four six four 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 two five. Try to give us uh, any one of us a call. Still not too late. Still got time. This is only Wednesday. And uh, the conference starts Friday, okay? Yeah, like I said, if you can make it down there, please try to make it down there. You know, I can guarantee you, you will not leave there un- unsatisfied. Okay, let me go on here. <clears throat> I'm running out of time, but I'm gonna keep on going here. It says here, free white people. If there's going to be peace and prosperity in any civilized country, the government of that particular country or nation must not deny the people their right to a name and nationality and must not suppress proper and pristine education. The people and citizens must be taught the distinctions of distinctions and relationship between identity and status. If anybody trying anybody you know, long as you bring uh your nationality papers and documentation uh to the county court of records and deeds you go to the county court of records and deeds, and if they try to give you any problems of uh, processing your papers, that is a violation of the uh, the rights of indigenous people and a human rights violation. And also, it is also 18 uh, <clears throat> uh, the U.S. U.S. Code 18, 18 of the U.S. Code, sections 241, sections 242, sections 243. That is a violation. Also, also, they can be charged with a felony. They can be charged with a felony as well. 
18 you uh, it's the US code 18 uh, uh section 241 section 242 section 243 remember that anybody that's trying to keep you from processing your papers your nationality papers anything like that you know okay that could be and, and that's that is a class action lawsuit because they are violating your indigenous rights All right. Identity is the fact that a subject, person, or thing, or an idea presented before a court or before society is the same as it is represented or claimed to be and is able to be authenticated. Okay. Uh, they're getting ready to cut me off, so uh, we'll, I'll probably continue this subject on another blog talk show because there's still a lot that needs to be discussed. And... Uh, and like I said, don't forget uh, the conference on the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, okay? And as I say to you tonight, I hawa east, but wasa which means peace family, and peace to all the families of the world of all nationalities and ethnicities and ethnic, <clears throat> ethnic backgrounds. All right. Much love to you all. To you all, I'm out.